0: The discipline which makes the soldiers of a free country reliable in battle is not to be gained by harsh or tyrannical treatment. On the contrary, such treatment is far more likely to destroy than to make an army. It is possible to impart instruction and to give commands in such a manner and in such a tone of voice as to inspire in the soldier no feelings but an intense desire to obey. While the opposite manner and tone of voice cannot fail to excite strong resentment and a desire to disobey, the one mode or other of dealing with subordinates springs from a corresponding spirit in the breast of the commander. He who all, he who feels the respect which is due others cannot fail to inspire in them regard for himself. While he who feels and hence manifest disrespect towards others especially his inferiors cannot fail to inspire hatred against himself major general john m Schofield, 1879 toxic influence is all around us and it's important that we understand what it is and how to deal with it so let's discuss that today Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley.
1: Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. What you heard Ed lead in with was a quote from Major General Schofield, and I will tell you that uh, that couldn't speak any louder to me about toxic influence. And that's what we want to cover today's show about. It's a discussion that uh, Ed and I have had multiple times on many different levels, we've shared multiple articles and and just uh, books and whatnot to help each other out to understand what it is, not only to identify it in others but also in ourselves because we never you never realize when you may be one of those types of people. So let's uh, we're going to dive into this. Uh, we've got all kinds of good information. We're actually pulling from a couple different articles, and we'll we'll make sure we link those so you know where to find them so you can actually find the uh, the content. What you got, Ed? What are we gonna do?
0: Well, I like to actually start because I want to I want to let the listeners know why is this so important. And uh, I was reading a book. It's called Tarnished by George E. Reed. And in Tarnish, he say, states that an estimated annual cost of abusive supervision from increased absenteeism, turnover, and decreased effectiveness exceeds twenty three point eight billion dollars to
1: an organization. That's insane. That's a lot of money. And it's all because people don't know how to put their egos in check, as Jocko would say, or they don't know how to uh, tone down their pride a little bit and to be a little bit more thoughtful in the manner that they influence people. And to tell you the truth, I mean, I said it just a minute ago, I've fallen to the same thing. I, I mean, I've... I've, had, I've been a part of a, uh, a toxic environment that wasn't... Not that I'm saying that somebody else created. No, that I created. And that's why I think this is so important that we talk about it. Um, and if I can help... Uh organizations, myself, whatever, save money, that much money, I sure will every day.
0: Yeah. You know, and I've been on both ends. I've been in a a situation, a toxic situation, and I didn't realize what it was at the time, but the belittling, the uh, no matter what kind of effort you put in, it just wasn't a good enough effort. And um, and then I've been on the opposite side where I couldn't control my stress, which we're going to talk about a little bit. I didn't control my stress very well, and I, I took it out on my subordinates. And, of course, this was very early in my time as a leader. Um, and, and it can have a big effect overall civilian, military, doesn't matter. There was actually a study done uh, by Christine Perath and Christine Pearson where they looked at 800 managers and employees throughout the U.S. and Canada and 17 different industries to determine the reaction of those who were on the receiving end of incivility. And I mean, there's a lot of stats that came out of that study, but some of them that really stood out is 48% of the people in this study intentionally decreased their work ethic uh, because of incivility. Uh, 47% decreased the time spent at work. Uh, 38% decreased the quality of their work. 80% lost work time worrying about an incident or a, a 63% lost time for avoiding, just avoiding the perp- person who is treating them with incivility or being toxic. So these stats are staggering. And that's where that $23.8 million comes from because look at all this lost time, people avoiding, I don't want to go to work because of this person. And I've been there, I've sat in my car and, you know, we come into work and be like, all right, And then take a deep breath to get in, to go to work. And it shouldn't be that. You should not feel like that. And uh, so that's why it's such a costly thing to allow toxic influence in a organization.
1: That's, you know, and it's funny that you say that because, you know, those stats alone would want me to open my eyes to it and to try to uh, adjust whatever's going on. Because you think about that's over, that's pretty much half of whoever was surveyed, half. That I mean, that's that's just unbelievable, and I'm hoping it was like a blind survey or whatnot. But those are the types of things, though, that makes me want to continue on just with this show in itself. To let's identify this, let's look at solutions, and let's see where we can go with it to help others be better influencers and not toxic influencers.
0: Oh yeah, I absolutely agree. And one of the things that really stands out to me, uh, Brian, is you know when organizations sometimes organizations recognize that they have a toxic uh, influencer or a toxic situation, but hey, that's my, that's my go-to guy. That's my go-to gal. That's, that's my worker. So they kind of turn a blind eye to it, but they don't think about how it's making others around that person feel. They're creating that environment. They're feeding that environment by, well, that's my worker. So let me turn away from it. And they're creating a climate uh, where the toxic person thrives.
1: Yeah. And, and, but that's, and that's the problem though, because what we're doing is we're enabling, we're enabling them. It's just like, just think about it this way. It's just like somebody who's on drugs, right? If you continue to give them money so they can buy more drugs, they're going to continue. And that's what you're doing. You're giving them a, uh, what we talked about. Yes. Uh, just the other day when we recorded the leadership capital paying the bill, somebody else is paying in their bill, and they're not getting any leadership capital, so they're going in massive debt through this toxic influence. And I would tell you that uh, I I can't wait to you know finish literally finish this podcast of what we're going to talk about, and then listen to it again so I can get something from it myself.
0: Yeah, no, it, and it's 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 really ridiculous. So you know you got a guy, and you know this person is belittling people, he's bullying people, or she, and you you allow it. But then, when something happens and somebody higher finds out about it, now you've put your neck on the line for what? Because it's a hassle to find somebody to replace that person with. All right, well now it's a bigger hassle because you may need to be replaced. So it's 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 a it's it's a dangerous game to allow that kind of stuff to go on in your organization.
1: Yeah, I and I, I definitely think that the cost of it of having to replace somebody or to help them get fixed to me. Uh, Will be. It, it, I think it's more. It's worth it more. You know, it's it's worth. Let's either replace them or let's help them out to become better. Yeah. And uh-huh. versus, you know, what did we talk about yesterday. If if you had two bowls, I say yesterday, but I meant, you know, before you have two bowls. You have what will I lose? What will I gain? Are you gaining by helping them, or you're losing? And I'm telling you right there, you're filling that lose bowl up, and you're actually overflowing it, and the gain bowl. Well, it's sitting empty and it provides nothing.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're completely correct. And then you got to look at the other side. So, OK, that's my that's my performer. I get it. But two people with five years of experience each just quit because of your performer. So now I got to replace two people, but I'm keeping that one. I'm keeping that one who's probably on the high end of the pay scale, too. So that's that's another thing. But. You know, there's other people to consider more people are affected by it and they get frustrated. It's not just like, well, they're only toxic to one person in organization. You know, if, if they're toxic to one, if they're bullying one, if they're belittling one, they're belittling more
1: than one. Oh, absolutely. So let's. uh I guess this is, this cues in where we, we need to go ahead and jump into this article that uh, you found and you shared with me. Um, and then we'll, and also the other one that we're going to, we're going to kind of feed off of also uh, the article is called toxic people, 12 things they do and how to deal with them. It is by Karen Young. Uh, we, you found that on uh, HeySigman.com. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll make sure I link that below. But it really, you know, I mean, what I was reading when I read over this, uh, it it really helps out. So I'm going to start. I want to read off this very first uh, paragraph that I saw because I think this was, I mean, I felt this was important and a good lead-in to everything we're talking about today. We have all had toxic people dust us with their poison. Sometimes it's more like a drenching. Difficult people are drawn to the responsible Ones, and all of us have likely had or have at least one person in our lives who have us bending around ourselves like barbed wire in endless attempts to please them, only to never really get there. That to me, I mean, you think about it. Um, I remember a particular individual back in you know, my time where it felt like you just could do nothing right for them. And I just, y- you feel a sense of worthlessness you know with that toxicity.
0: Yeah, I agree and I've I've experienced that type of person as well in my career. It's like w- what does it take to make you be happy? What does it take to uh for you to allow me to get promoted or to make that next step for some kind of recognition. You don't want to just come out and say, "Hey, look at me. Look, I'm doing this because everything you did, you know, um uh, I'll give you a really simple example. We had a lot of supplies in a in a cabinet. Well, I organized them, you know, like things together. Well, that wasn't good enough. All the labels need to be facing the exact same way. The words need to be lined up the same. You know, it, it's like, come on now. Well, you want me? You want me to put them alphabet order too? Like, um, and and the way they re- would react if they weren't happy. So we have a key, box full of keys, right? And they're organized. One key is out of place. And they take the key box off the wall and throw it in the floor and tell you to re reorganize it. Like, is that necessary for one key? Probably not. Do I feel good about
1: that? Definitely not. Was I super angry? Oh yeah. I would be too, man. I mean, and you know, and the funny thing is is I will tell you um, and I hate to admit it every, every time, but I have to admit it because that's, you know, that's what they say is first thing when you have a problem, you admit it. Uh, I was one of those people that would have done that, um, in previous time where, and there's plenty of people that, uh, probably listen to this and they can, they can attest to it. And I, I appreciate their comments if they want to say, Hey, yeah, Hey, such and such Weber was like, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I was. I will admit to a great deal of those types. And I remember doing something sort of the same, um, where I threw, Uh, a whole bunch of parts down and said, y'all figure it out type situation. And it was just so demeaning. And, you know, it's like, you know, you wish you could go back and fix it. But uh, I heard Jocko say it today. You can't be a slave to regret. And that's why instead I want to improve upon it. And, you know, that's why this article is so great. Um, One of the cool things I read in this also, uh, and it's going to kind of lead us into these 12 steps, is being able to spot their harmful behavior is the first step to minimizing their impact. You might not be able to change what they do, but you can change what you do with it. And any idea the toxic somebody in your life might have <clears throat> that they can get away with it. Uh, it's, that's, a, that's a key thing. It's being able to identify that toxicity. Um, some people can, some people can't. And they think, oh, this, he's just being this or he's just being motivational. Uh, I don't think so.
0: Yeah. No, I, yeah, no, they're not, they're not trying to motivate, but you know, some of these things I'm going to tell you, as I read through it, there's stuff that I'm like, okay, I kind of do this. Maybe I should start. I need to work on that in my home life. So this isn't simply an episode about dealing with something in your organization or in your unit. If you're military, this is stuff you could deal with at home too. Now, do you manipulate your kids to get them to eat their broccoli or Brussels sprouts? You probably do. We're not saying that's necessarily bad. They need to learn to eat that stuff. But um, yeah, no, as I read through it, I saw some stuff and it was the same thing. I read a book has a a part of explicitness in its language. It's called The Know Something Rule uh, by Robert Sutton. Um, When I read it, I was like, we call it we'll call it the no butthole rule, the no butthole rule. Excellent book, though. And when I read it, I was like, so I was reading it because I was dealing with somebody I thought was that. And then I was like, "Oh wow, some of this is is me. Like, there's some things that that I need to work on because I fall in these categories." And I've heard a lot of people who've read that book say they didn't realize that they were
1: a butthole till they read that book. You know, and that's a good thing. You know, self self observation that's a key piece with anything that you do, especially as an influencer and trying to improve an improve in an organization. It first, let's turn it on self, and then. Let's go out. Because if you're trying to fix somebody else, you might want to make sure to put yourself in check first. That ego thing, that pride thing. Uh, It's funny. um, One of the other one of the other articles that we're going to cover that uh, I I've used in the past. um, I shared it with you is toxic leadership in the U.S. Army. It was written by Colonel Denise Williams uh, back in 2005. Well, it was funny, the first time I read this, I was like, this is amazing. Then I turned it into an NCOPD. For those of you who are not familiar with NCOPD is, that's a a non-commissioned officer professional development. And it's just like, a it's some type of training that you go through to help everybody out. Well, what I did was, is I brought all my non-commissioned officers in. I said, hey, here's this article. I printed every one of them uh, a copy of it off. Stable it together, put a little piece of paper uh, with it. And I said, I need you to go through this. I need you to do two things. One, I want you to identify it—you know as many of the characteristics in here. And we're going to talk about those characteristics. As many of these characteristics in here that identify of you. Then I want you to identify as many characteristics of an individual that you have felt to be toxic in your life. Well, when I pulled them together, we didn't go over the individual they felt was toxic. We actually I tr- I wanted to spin it. So, let's let's concentrate on self first. And I mean, it was funny, I mean, not funny, but I mean, it was eye-opening to see how many of them like really put in the effort to identify themselves as being toxic in some point or way. And I mean, it was we spent I would say an hour and a half, going over if not 2 hours. Uh, I couldn't tell you the exact amount of time because we were actually talking about it for quite a while and it was two hours. Well, no, that's, you're talking about, you're talking about, you're talking about us. I'm sorry. I, this is before we, I ever did it with you and that group. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually did this. I did this when I was a platoon sergeant with, you know, and actually no joke. We were down range. We, we, you know, we bent, we bent the knee, took a knee for a moment to be able to help our organization. And I, oh, man, it was, I learned a lot from it. And it helped me as a leader, as an influencer to help them. And I mean, that's right there alone. That's key. And, you know, the next show we go over uh, that you and I are going to be doing together is going to be about uh, influencing change. And I can't wait to get that one out there. But. That's exactly what I was doing for me. And I didn't even realize it.
0: Yeah. So same article, kind of the same scenario just after that you did it. And there was a few. So in that article, it talks about uh, characteristics of a, of a toxic. It's a toxic leadership article, but it kind of still applies. And then there were types of toxic leaders. And that's when I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute, this has been me like and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Completely because there's a leader in there, you know, the I'll do it myself leader or the, you know, you have a uh, inferior leader, a leader who's not that great. And you cover up their their lack of greatness to make yourself, you know, you just do it yourself. And now they still look good because you're carrying their load. And I think that was one of them that I identified with as having done that before. Didn't let the leader take the fall for his shortcomings. And I just made sure he always looked like he was great.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really eye opening. This one article, and I can't wait. I'm gonna post it uh, to the show notes for people to go and find. I'll actually I'll find the link. I'll pull the link up and I'll put it in there. But it is eye opening. Not only when you go through the personal characteristics, um, and I'm gonna rattle those off a little later. But also, when you go through the types of toxic leaders, like you said, um, I'm, we're going to always refer to the types of toxic influencers, but it's the same thing. It's interchangeable. And I mean, some of the things like the absentee leader, the paranoid leader, the busybody leader. I mean, when you go through it and then it explain, it's not, it just doesn't say, okay, this is what it is. No, it explains what each one is. And you're like, wow, that might be me. I show those kinds of traits. How do I fix that? Well, that's great because what we're doing is we're going to cover that with these twelve steps we're about to go over. Let's start off with uh, step one, number one. You want to read it, Ed? Yeah,
0: they'll keep you guessing about which version of them you're getting. They'll be completely lovely one day, and the next you'll be wondering what you've done to upset them. I th- I think that that one's a that one's a good one because I've seen it and uh, I've been accused of that one. So I told you right away, right? One that I've uh some days i'm i'm in a great mood and some days i don't have a monster or some coffee maybe um and and that change of attitude sometimes there's not
1: uh explanation to it you know oh yeah and it's you know it's funny um i also like to label that as bipolar <laughs> um i've 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 done some uh diagnosis on people saying man that dude's bipolar well i who knows uh, i can't say that i'm not a doctor but it's it's really insane how we think we're pleasing someone, and then all of a sudden they just literally drop the hammer on us, and you're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What is going on here? Why are you treating me like this?" You know. Uh, and it will right here. They say they might be prickly, sad, cold, or cranky, and when you ask if there's something wrong, the answer will likely be nothing. But they'll give you just enough let you know that there's something. I mean, I don't know how many times that I would talk, and it's like, yeah, there's something a little off about you, Joe. And I, I'm Joe, I'm just using as an example. That's just a name, but nobody particular. Um, but and that's it. You know, it's like you know, there's something off about them because yesterday you guys were like best friends, and you're talking, you have a good time. But today, it's like this person literally gave you the cold shoulder, and they don't want to be a part of you or they don't want to put a part of what's going on. And it's, I mean, it's, it's almost damaging to a relationship. It feels at times.
0: Yeah. So early as a, uh, as a married couple, my wife and I, that was a thing. I think you see that a lot in marriages too. Like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, and they kind of want to brush it off. <laughs> um, But we've always been pretty open about like, if something's bugging us, we have to get it out there because it, it can be damaging. Like you said, in your personal relationship. so then same thing at work. Now, sometimes I will tell you this when I when I'm guilty of it. If you're the offending person and I still haven't had a moment to cool down, then I may be like, "Hey, I'm I'm good. There's nothing wrong." Now later, uh, and I've probably done this with you. I'll come to your office and we'll have a discussion. But I, you know, you want to be able to cool down. So I, maybe I'm just justifying my my uh, toxic uh influence at times and this one this is
1: the main one where i know i fall into oh yeah and you know um with that i remember uh multiple times where i may have done something or treated somebody a certain way and then and then i became aware of it and i thought to myself wow that was really messed up with me i need to go talk to them uh i've done it with you and i've done it with uh, multiple other people there you know at the organization i'm at i've done it but i you know the funny thing is is I wasn't so self-aware of it until I became a more responsible uh leadership roles and it's it's really grabbing your pride and saying, "Hey, listen, I need to do this." Uh there was one time we've talked about him before, uh Steven, you know who I'm talking about? Uh he made me <laughs> really mad and I popped off at him. Well, there was a time before that that he actually was kind of disrespectful to me. And so I went and I, I kind of lit him up a little bit and said, hey, man, you need to be careful. Like if we're going to do if you're going to be like that, let's close the door and let's talk. But don't you ever do that in front of people again, because that that creates that that uh, that disarray, you know, that um, ruining the power base that we've talked about before. And so the second time this happened, it wasn't really that that happened. It wasn't bad. But I, I still popped off because I was in a mood, I guess you could say. So I went to his office and I said, hey, listen. And he automatically snapped straight up, went to parade rest and and just kind of like, okay, I'm in trouble. I said, no man, I need you to sit down. I have to apologize to you. I should not have reacted that way in that manner. You deserve better. And I need to be more aware of my actions to make sure that you get what you need. And I'll tell you what, he and I have had a a great relationship ever since. I wanted to get him on the show um, previously. But uh, he he already left and whatnot, so I was kind of like, oh man, you know. So I'm still working on, you know, trying to figure out a way to maybe get him on the show because I think mm-hmm. I think he would be a fun person to for us to talk to. Um, but you know, so let's uh, let's dive in down below that in that article where it talks a little bit about um, how to deal with it. You want to you want to give us some insight on that?
0: Yeah. yeah. So if your attempts to please aren't working or lasting for very long, maybe it's time to stop. So this is what I talked about this next piece. Walk away and come back when the mood is shifted. And this is key. I think this is key to remember uh, for you as an influencer is you're not responsible for anybody else's feelings. So if they have done something unknowingly, or if you've done something to hurt somebody, ask them, try to talk about it. And if need be apologized, but you shouldn't have to guess what did I do? And it shouldn't be a whole, well, what did I do wrong? Why are you upset? What what did I do wrong? Why are you ignoring me? What did it shouldn't turn into that? Because one, they should be adult enough to say, "Hey, here's what you did," and it may be a miscommunication, a misunderstanding. So,
1: um, yeah, and maybe it's just time to, hey, all right, Roger, I'm moving out. Exactly, and that, and that's a great way to go about it. It's you know what, I've got to let this situation uh, de escalate. I've got to allow somebody to think about what's going on. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but at least you know what to do and you can think about it and 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 may possibly help yourself for the future, uh, either repairing this relationship if there's something wrong or not. But walking away is probably one of the best answers for many situations. Now, somebody might say, well, yeah, but there's still going to be tish- issues. I got you. There are going to be issues. But at least what you didn't, you didn't escalate it into something that would turn into uh, words of regret. Right. And yeah, we we shouldn't live in the uh, live as slaves to regret, as Jocko said when I listened to this morning. But at the same time, you really don't want to turn into an argument or where you're slinging, you know, basically you're slinging lead at them. They're slinging it back um, verbally and you're just like walking away and you're like, wow, that was not productive whatsoever. How did I just influence them? Um, How did they just influence me? Uh, We probably will never have another relationship uh, is solid again. Yeah, no, I think walking away and just let let both parties cool down. Um,
0: super important. It's funny. So in my personal life, my wife and I we have symbols, we have signs, and I mean we've been married we've been married quite a while now, so over fifteen years. We recognize. So pretty much, uh, when I was dealing with my toxic leadership problem uh, with the guy that like to throw things around, if I came home and went straight to the Xbox or the, I think we had a PlayStation Two then. Um, If I went straight to the PlayStation, she knew I was trying to decompress. I would go take my frustrations out by like tackling people on Madden. And for her, it's if she curls up with a book in the living room and it's quiet, then she's she's calming down. That's her thing. Um, Back when she was a smoker, she would go outside. But, you know, she's quit smoke. Thank good smoking uh, for a number of years now. So thank goodness for that. But, yeah, you have to have those signs and cues and. So in the workplace, it still works. You get to know your employees well enough to know when they need to decompress, and sometimes you may have to look at them and say, "Take a walk and come back, and we'll talk about talk about it." That means you need to be a bigger person as the supervisor. Exactly. Yeah, uh,
1: I couldn't I couldn't disagree anymore. You couldn't disagree. <laughs> Wait, I said, <laughs> no, I said that wrong. I couldn't agree anymore. <laughs> um, you know. That was, uh, I mean, that's a that's a good point uh, to be able to just to walk away and to see that. So let's uh, let's travel onward. Let's go to number two. Uh, this is they'll manipulate, and this, I mean, manipulation. We've talked about it in the past on uh, the discussion post with our closed Facebook group. Which, if you're not a part of it, I'm going to go ahead and throw a cue in right now. Go to Facebook. Go to the search bar. Type one zero one influence. Go to that page, click on visit group and join the group because we are having some amazing conversations to help each other. And we would love to hear from you if you're not a part of that. Uh, But with that, we talked about the difference. Uh, do you remember? We, it was some time back. We talked about the difference between influencing, inspiring, and manipulating. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to do the, the do the show on that because that was that, that was the the topic we had talked about. Well, hey, we want to definitely do a show about this, so that's going to be a fun one. Uh, but what we're what we're getting at here, it talks about uh, they'll manipulate, right? Um, and. If you feel as though you're the only one contributing to the relationship, you're probably right. Toxic people have a way of sending out the vibe that you owe them something. How many times, uh, Ed, have you ever felt like somebody was acting like you owe them something?
0: In our career field, I've 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 experienced that a lot. Like, um, and I'm so I'm a little outspoken on that. Uh, I'm quick to tell you, I don't owe you anything. Um, especially when it's time to write an evaluation, when it's time to write an evaluation, it's like you, just cause you feel like I owe you something that doesn't, I'm going to give you what you deserve and we'll move on from there. But, uh, I'm not giving you what you think you deserve and you're not going to manipulate me into that because I, I, I don't owe you anything. Um, so that, yeah, no, I've experienced it quite a bit actually
1: yeah and and it's there's nothing worse than that feeling that where somebody actually tries to make you feel like you owe them something you know uh I mean I've been in situations where uh somebody has made me feel like I owe myself, I like that like you owe yourself more. I like that, but when somebody says, Well, you know, I've done old blah 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 for you. you owe me your best. whoa, 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 whoa. why are you automatically trying to toot your horn to get me to owe you? You know, that's a, that's a toxic influence and you don't realize it, you know? um, And, you know, sometimes, you know, what's crazy is sometimes people do that in their marriages and you're, you're like, you're literally on the cliff of the, the D word, you know, when you start throwing around language like that.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I You know, I just popped in my head. I'm, I'm thinking about this and in the, the manipulating it says. They also have a way of taking from you or doing something that hurts you and then maintaining they're doing it all for you. So I remember, you know, when we get our first evaluation, what did they used to tell you when you got your first evaluation as a sergeant when they give
1: you the little the number rating? Uh, don't worry about it. It's your first. You want it to be bad so you can increase from here.
0: Yeah, it's giving you that room. For, I'm giving you room for growth. No, you're not doing me a favor because you're not giving me a fair and honest assessment of where I'm at, but they would tell you that all the time. And that, that just stood out to me on this manipulate. And I, I'm sure it's not meant. And it's an old um armyism that that's what it, you're supposed to. Oh, you can't get the best because then you have no room to go up. You know, you have nothing. You can only go down from there. Um, so th- yeah, I just thought about that when I was reading this
1: manipulation. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's funny you say that because, you know, and that's why I, um, I don't know how you feel about it, but, um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that army stuff in there. On understanding evaluations, I like the new system in a sense because you're forced. You can only give so many top ratings. And to tell you the truth, I wish it was even more restrictive. I wish you could only give somebody at the next level down, and then everybody else falls in the third level or they're the fourth level. Um, and to me, you know, because basically, for those who don't know, it's most qualified, highly qualified, qualified and not qualified well not everyone's going to fall in not qualified there's there's a slim few uh definitely people that we are probably referring to uh as meeting these characteristics that we're talking about today but qualified that means you're you show up you do your job and you show up people mistake in that and they automatically assume that that means oh well i'm not good enough no it just means you show up you know highly qualified i think you know that one I think it's overused. It's, it's our back in the day one, one, we called it, uh, where you were the top block type person, highly qualified. That means you've, you've gone out of your way a little bit. You know, you've done your job, but you've done a little bit far and above. And then that most qualified thing, uh, that, that's means you're the cream of the crop. You're the top person. You're the top dog, whatever it is. You are really establishing yourself within the organization and in your ability to lead, develop, motivate all those things. Um, The funny thing is, is we're restricted to 24% for that most qualified. I personally feel my own feeling is I think the highly qualified should be restricted to only 26%. That's 50%. So only 50% of an organization I think should only be within that first area. Now, my own personal way of viewing it, that's kind of what I do um, because I don't think everybody in organization is the most qualified or the highly qualified. I agree,
0: but I somewhat – I don't know. There's got to be a better way. I think there's a better way that we just haven't figured out yet because – so I'm going to tell you, I was not in the top 24%, and I don't know. I I think it's just because the number was so limited, though. So they're like, oh, you're not 24%. But if there was a 25, you'd have got it. And So to me, that's just not – I think it's it's, it's gotta be a like a compound. Yeah, I think it's got to be a different way. Well, you've got top twenty four percent bullets because we use bullet format. You've got bullets to say you're top twenty four percent. You just aren't top twenty four, but that's that's a different topic. Um, so, how what about the manipulator? How do we deal with the manipulator? What do you think?
1: Well, uh, I like what this article says, and I will I will, exp- I will uh, expel a further upon it. But it, what is written here, what she wrote here, was you don't owe anybody anything. If it doesn't feel like a favor, it's not. Uh, I heard, uh, I was listening to Gary V the other day. I love I love listening to Gary Vaynerchuk uh, and I mentioned it on the previous podcast. He said, when I give somebody $20, I look at it as a gift. I don't, they don't owe me anything back. I love that attitude. You know, um, I, I just don't see how having that feeling that you owe them something is positive in nature. So that's why you have to get in your mindset that I don't owe them anything. The only thing I owe is to myself and my and 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 you know what it's funny? I say my subordinates, I owe them the best me. The best influencer that I can be. To me that's that's your answer. So how I mean how do we go about doing that? Well, it's it's called uh using positive affirmations. Uh, I've heard this many times where You tell yourself, and actually my wife and I, we were just talking about it last night um, because she was saying like, oh, I just love what y'all are doing in this podcast. It's just awesome. And I was like, man, she is really on board. Um, But I was telling her about like, you know, I learned about positive affirmations and how those types of things help us uh, see a brighter future, visualize that, you know, future in a manner that we know it can come true. So in that same sense, so if you visualize that I don't owe them that, then you'll start realizing it and you'll, and, and you'll be able to function in that manner. But if you tell yourself, I owe them, or I've got to work hard because I owe them, you will never break that mold or that habit. So you have to constantly be like, you know what? I don't owe them anything. I just need to be the best me as possible and help influence others.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, that's, I, see it. And I think it's just, I think we're doing it right now. I'm going away from the article a little bit. I think awareness. I think understanding that this person may be a toxic person with a toxic influence based off of what we're talking about today in these 12 12 items. I think that the manipulation is a big one with um, the best way to prevent it is to
1: recognize it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on. We're gonna jump into our next one. Here it is. We're a little over 30 minutes into this show and we're only at number th- number <laughs> three. Uh they they won't own their feelings. Ownership. That's what I'm just gonna I'm gonna strap that title to this one, ownership. So let me read what she has right, she's written here. Rather than owning their own feelings, they'll act as though the feelings are yours. It's called projection as in projecting their feelings and thoughts onto you. For example, someone who is angry but won't take responsibility for it might accuse you of being angry with them. It might be as subtle as, are you okay with me? Or, why are you angry at me? Or, you've been in a bad mood all day. I don't know how many times I've heard that before.
0: Yeah, no, I've definitely, uh, it's not me, it's you. That's, That's what I get from this. It's not me, it's you. I'm not the problem. I'm not angry. You're angry. You know what I mean, like, and and that one definitely. You've been in a bad mood all day. Well, there, a lot of times it's because they're in a bad mood and they're trying to like deflect it.
1: You know, put that shield up.
0: And now it's no, no, no. You're in a bad mood. I'm not.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and, and that's it. it. They're not taking ownership of their own ego, pride, feelings, and they're creating this shield in front of them.
0: Yeah. No, I 100 percent agree with that.
1: Yep. So how do we fix it? How do we or how do we identify it to uh, for a cure? Uh, you you got to be clear with them. You got to be up front. Be really clear on what's
0: yours and what's theirs. If you feel as though you're defending yourself too many times against accusations or questions that don't fit, you might, being project, be, you might be being projected on to. You do not have to explain, justify, defend yourself or deal with a misfired accusation. So. Pretty much, again, we're back to recognizing it's happening
1: in order to deal with it. I do believe it's recognizing, but there's another element there. It's communication. Communication is key. Communication to establish that this is my foundation. This is what I have. This is what I see. What are you seeing on your end? And then you talk through it. Communication. Uh, will help you through this is basically, that's what she's saying. And and I have to agree with her because sometimes you have to be, uh you have to be that, that I wouldn't say criticizer but more like you're basically, you're reflecting their feeling or their, their attitude verbally. So you can say, this is what I'm seeing. Oh yeah, no, that that's,
0: yeah, no, that's an excellent point.
1: So you, uh, let's move
0: on to, uh, let's move on to number four. They'll make you prove yourself to them because this one I've, I've, I've been a victim of before. And uh, again, as I read, read this article, so many things I was like, wait a minute. I remember this. Uh, they'll regularly put you in a position where you have to choose between them and something else. And you always feel obliged to choose them. So let's go back to when we were a kid, right? If you, if you give me that piece of candy, I'd be your best friend. That's basically what this is. <laughs> you know. If, if you really break it down and think about it. So and I so I say when I say it, 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 I've been a victim to it, I was in a relationship and it was really, hey, I want you to help me unbraid my hair. And, you know, I already had plans and they knew I was playing uh, men's league basketball at the time. And it was, well, if you really care, you'll stay here and help me so I don't have to do it by myself. That's manipulation. They're, they're, that's uh toxic. Now it's manipulation too, but it's toxic
1: and uh, yeah, prove your make you prove yourself to them. That's insane. You know, that's that uh, if you'll do it, you'll, I'll love you more, or if you love me, then you'll do this. Um, we that is like that's a the red recipe for disaster in a relationship in general. Yes, you know, think about it in a marriage, you know, because you think about it in a marriage, like if you said that in a marriage what does that turn into does it just it turns into manipulation and now really are you doing something because you love them or because you love um the feeling that you get from them or are you just doing it because you feel like you have to and those are two different things you know yeah <laughs> how many times have you ever heard of somebody saying the whole uh well i i want you to do this but if you if you don't want to do it then obviously um i then don't worry about it you know you know darn well <laughs> they want you to do it and you may want to get it done. I mean, it just happens. But now, but uh, being able to go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry.
0: So I wanted to say just in a in a in a positive spin on this one, I definitely my, my wife makes quesadillas and I, I do love her quesadillas. But jokingly, I'll say, if you really love me, you make me quesadillas tonight. And my wife's like, uh, and I know she'll make them. She'll go. She'll make them when I do it. So I use this one on my wife, but in a joking way, not as serious like this or that type of thing uh, in a serious tone.
1: Yeah. So would you say that your communication in the way that you and your wife communicate, you are able to understand it as a joke and it's not as in a manipulative way? Oh, yeah. No, she knows that I'm well, she knows
0: I'm I'm doing it in a joking way, but that I really do want some quesadillas. (laughs)
1: nothing like a good quesadilla (laughs) but let's uh, so let's think about this how do we go about you know finding an answer to solving this issue of the whole well if you'll if you you really respect me or you really uh understand me then you'll do this type of thing oh that's that's a good point i think it's getting beyond the feelings i think it's getting beyond the feelings that really you don't owe them um and that unless it's something that's going to life limb eyesight, as we say in the services, uh, then it's not as important as it made out, it's made out to be. And I mean, you just have to realize that what you have going on might be more important than what they seem to think is more important.
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. And this one, like I said, it's really, some of these are not easy and it's not cut and dry to deal with. And I'm hoping that through our conversation that maybe our listeners um, get something from it. Maybe they have an aha moment. Maybe they, post and comment on this show and tell us how they would deal with, uh, that type of situation. Uh, with me, I can tell you that that relationship did not last, um, because it was a frequent thing. And I just eventually, uh, enough was enough. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not playing these
1: choice games. You know, you know, it's funny. Uh, you said that it's like, it's not easy to always get an answer to some of this stuff. Well, I want to go back to that, uh, Colonel Denise Williams article. Uh, I went straight to page 15. Uh, people can also find this uh, if they want to you know, search it. But at page 15, it, it talks about what effects does positive leadership have? And I love right off the bat what she goes into with this. It says, if toxic leadership can be identified, can it be cured? If superiors and senior leaders take appropriate action, perhaps they can mitigate the negative effects of toxic leadership. The appropriate action on the part of the superior is good leadership itself. Leading, mentoring, training, and educating in a responsible, honest, non-toxic manner may be the best way to combat this phenomenon of toxic leadership within the U.S. Army. And we can replace U.S. Army with group, whatever. It doesn't matter. Perhaps if toxic leadership is not rewarded by the system, the superiors and the army. Let's go ahead and replace army once again to any type of organization. Uh, then perhaps it will cease to be so prevalent. With that point made, good leadership certainly exists in the army or any organization, but is difficult for it to have a positive impact on toxic leadership due to the lack of knowledge and understanding. If the army system is not aware, the leadership is not either. Thus, further research and then education. Is the first necessary step for good leadership to have a positive impact. Wow. I mean, right there alone. That falls into your key statement that you'd love to throw out, Ed. <laughs> what is it? Life-long learning. <laughs> and that's it. It's how do we educate people on that? And and that's what and that's why I like that that article and I shared it so many times um, uh, from Colonel Williams is that. That right there, that is an article that gives you all the signs, symptoms, everything, so you can better educate yourself and be more active in that role. Just like what we just talked about with that point of number four, that you'll you'll make your uh, they'll make you prove yourself uh, to them. If you can identify that that's what they're doing and they're trying to manipulate you, maybe you can reverse that by understanding it and instead saying you know what? No, I don't owe you anything. Um, And I'm not doing this because you want to manipulate me. I need to do this because it's either the right thing to do, or it's going to better the organization in a positive manner.
0: Yeah. And so I think something that's really key too, uh, you know, we do a lot of reading and we read a lot of leadership books. So when you read this article, you can make this article flip over into the civilian sector. Just like when we read, You know, if we read Simon Sinek, we can take what he says and make it relevant into the military leadership style and the challenges that we face. So when listeners go and they look at this article and they use the link that you provide, you can make these things make sense. Now, there may be onesies, twosies that don't make sense because it's strictly a military thing. But I think that the article is a good educating tool and it'll help people recognize some of this stuff.
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. But at the same time, I'll disagree because I think even anything that's specific army, people can use that in their organization. I mean, Echelon Front showing it, right? How they're going about. Um, If you look at other consulting agencies, there's a ton of military-based consulting agencies that have been built coaching all that that've been built and they are literally standing on the foundation of what the services has provided them. I mean that's what I I really believe that what we're doing with this show is that thing. We have we feel like we have learned so much that we want to share it, but at the same time we want to get feedback so we can learn more and that's what it's about, that lifelong learning you talk about. Yep, absolutely. So let's get into number 5. What do you got?
0: Yeah. Well, I was looking at number five and, you know, I'm not going to read what the article says. This is just basically that the toxic influencer is never wrong and they're never going to admit that they're wrong. They're never going to take ownership. Number five is they never apologize. And that's that's basically the the little, you know, the few sentences that the article has in it. That's the end. That's kind of how it is. They're going to change the story. And um, if you've ever experienced, sometimes people tell a story and they tell an untruth so often that they start believing that untruth and
1: it it becomes reality
0: to them. And that's why they're never going to apologize.
1: Oh yeah. And and, I mean, I know I've been in situations you probably have too. And and our listeners have probably been at where you literally went through an entire argument in your head and you thought to yourself, well, I wonder if I should just kind of sit back and Uh, apologize for, like you, you actually went through the argument in your head and you're wanting to apologize something that you never did. But that's, I mean, to me, I think that's a realization. You know, you're, you're reflecting upon what your thoughts, feelings are and how you want to convey them. Um, but at the same time, how many times have we, uh, dealt with a person that got argumentative or they got, they, they were, um, very toxic in nature and they did not apologize. And all you wanted to be able to forgive them, or to have that forgiving feeling was an apology of just say, "Hey, I shouldn't have used that tone. Maybe not the message, but the tone." Or, "Hey, I really shouldn't have said or called you that," but the message was still there. You, I mean, obviously, we don't always want to put the butt in there because sometimes uh, that just creates like you don't everything before. What is that in MRT? Everything before the butt is it's been negated because I use butt, but. Um, but and that's, I mean, that's just, that's one of those things. What are you laughing for? Cause you followed it up with, but <laughs> <laughs> see, I mean, we all follow those
0: mistakes, right? Yeah. So, so you talked about Steven earlier and this is one of those things, but the important thing with him was when he worked with me or for me is he would apologize, but in his own way. So what you got to learn is when you're dealing with these people is they may apologize, it doesn't mean they're going to go, "Oh, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me?" But they may say, uh, they may, you know, for him it was, "Hey, I was wrong, I shouldn't have done that." That was an apology in his world. And and once you've worked with somebody long enough in an organization, you get to understand, "Okay, that's an apo- That's good enough for me. He admits his wrong
1: and he's, "Hey, it won't happen again." Good enough. And yeah, I mean, think of- Think about it with that particular individual and Steve, I hope you're listening, brother, because we love you to death. You know, we do. All right. Um, but with that particular individual, he really for him when he does that, he literally chews his ego and pride up by knowing him like we do. He chews his ego and pride up. And it's just I'm telling you, it's I feel. I feel the growth within him when he does those things. Uh, I'm not saying that he always, always needs to apologize for who he is because I think too many people do that where they always like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But if you actually have an action that you are truly sorry for, then do it. Now, how do we as the receiver, how do we actually um, fix or, or try to deal with this non-apologetic individual? Well, the first thing is we're not going
0: to surrender our truth. We know what the truth is, and and that's not always easy. That's not always easy because you talked about sometimes they can be convincing. And you can be like, wait a minute. Did that happen that way? Uh, especially if it's something small and, you know, and maybe a little minute details that you are like, uh, I don't recall now. But you you can't give up your own truth. And the big thing is you don't just keep arguing. No, no, that's not what happened. That's not what ha- don't continue to argue because you're feeding into it. There's just it's it's a waste of time uh, to bicker and fight with somebody. Uh, boxers get paid millions of dollars to fight. You get paid nothing to fight. So why are you in this verbal fight with somebody uh, who's trying to uh, not
1: apologize for their actions? Exactly, man. It could you could I couldn't said any better. So that's why we're going to move on to number six. <laughs> number six. Number six. All right. They'll be there in a crisis, but they'll never, ever share your joy. Oh, my goodness. Joy thief. Wow. Yes. And it's funny. It's it's not funny. I say, like, if I use that, I don't mean it's actually funny. I'm just, it's my weird way of thinking. How people will totally just engulf your misery and it's almost like it's fueling them, you know, uh, think about the Grinch, uh, you know, the Grinch, and the, the, you know, and that whole story, like he literally is being fueled by his desire to destroy someone else's Christmas to the, to the who's right. And that's, and that's kind of how I, that's how I picture that individual, you know, that, that they're a Grinch of life and they don't realize what they're doing, uh, to those others. And really there's not a lot to it to to help fix them other than maybe you know say something to them when they they start showing this complete joy of your misery or how they want to dwell upon your misery by continue to feed that fire because what we'll do is we'll get so fired up and we'll get so energetic and it just instead it's gonna create more havoc than what we need you know but let me let me let me let me also add to that. What about their, the joy? Why are they not there for the joy? You have a baby. You're, you and your spouse have a baby and uh, no, no, hey, I'm happy for you. Or let's say I just had a conversation with a guy today, this morning, um, and he was telling me about his uh, marriage counseling that he went through. Uh, I had told him about it, you know, previously I said, Hey, and, and I'm not, I'm not scared to say this. And my wife will admit to it. We went through it early in our marriage because we saw there were, we were having issues with communication and he told me, he's like, wow, I did not realize how bad I was communicating, or the lack thereof. And I told him, I said, "I'm so happy for you, man. I'm so happy that you guys were able to work through these things and really improve upon it. That's just amazing." And I'm telling you, man, you, you should see the delight on his face when we were talking about it. it. It was like it was like a new world had opened up to him, and he was just, he was at peace really that's yeah so i
0: those are good things to share with people too but so this one is absolutely to me you talked about mrt or master resilience trainer earlier this is the joy thief this is the well i don't i don't like seeing you so happy because i'm not happy right now and and they got to try to that's why they're not there in a crisis they don't want to see you happy they want to see miserable because maybe they're miserable and so they try to steal your joy now some things there's been times with my my wife that maybe I come across as the joy thief, but sometimes it's about, you know, if she's going to a concert, I may question the security or, you know, of the concert. And it seems like I'm trying to bring her down, but I'm really just concerned for her safety. So I think there's a line there, but yeah, no, this is a joy thief. This is the, well, you know, the example she gives, Hey, I'm going to the beach. I'm super excited. I'm going down to Panama city. Well, oh, it's gonna be so hot. I really don't like the hot, and they're trying to bring me down. And you know, you have to combat that. But how can we combat
1: that? Well, I have to admit that I have to. I agree with the author here when they're when she's stating that you know you don't need their approval, you don't need someone else's uh, ideas behind it, or or their feelings towards your feelings. Your feelings are your feelings. Now. Is it nice to get positive affirmation? Uh yeah, it is. But at the same time, you know, people will definitely they will help fester that uh negative. You don't need that. So if they start um going negative or trying to feed that, maybe that's a time where you have to recognize whoa, 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 hold on. We're traveling down a road that's just creating more chaos or more, uh, resentment or hateful feelings. Uh, let's not talk about this right now. You know what I mean? But it's being self-aware. It's being aware of the situation and that's part of being an influencer. It really is. Influencers have to be constantly aware of what's going on around them so they don't fall into these perils and these mistakes.
0: Yep. So self, that self-awareness is key, and we're going to talk about that in a later episode that we're going to do around emotional intelligence. But that self-awareness, I think, is key. You need to recognize how they're trying to bring you down, and you, and you see it. And sometimes, you you know, you let them do their thing, but you try not to let it affect you. So I've known uh, people who are like that, and you just let them do their little thing. But I'm not going to sit here and bicker with you and try to justify why my my going to the beach is awesome Okay, you think it's hot and you don't like to eat. Okay, good enough. And then just move out rather than create a confrontation. Um, and that could actually lead into number seven, though. They'll, oh. leave, they'll leave a conversation unfinished and they'll go offline. So when you walk away from that joy thief, they may be angry and they may go into uh, radio silence. They're, you know, no text, no emails. Uh, they won't answer your calls the silent treatment pretty much um so that may be another way to have a negative influence because what hap- what happens while you're in the silent treatment
1: you start reliving the moment yep you start second guessing yourself start wondering what in the world's going on um i how many times you send out a text message and you're like you, no one replies to it even in a group and you're like whoa what you know in, in your mind you're like what is going on here? Why is nobody replying to me? Why are they doing and, and we talked about it um, on a previous episode where you and I, where we've, we discuss all this stuff that we're doing. And what if I never replied back to you?
0: Yeah, because now my mind starts playing tricks on me, right? We start um, catastrophizing. Like, did I say something he didn't like? Was I rude? Is he angry? you know, like what's going on. Yeah, no, you, you start catastrophizing over the last conversation that you had before they went
1: into the silent treatment. Absolutely. You know, and you know, people that want to make you feel like this, they're not going to just, you know, all of a sudden change it's, you have to be able to identify it. So this is like my solution to this very thing. It's funny. Um, If I don't get a reply back from somebody or if I don't get an answer, I will pester them until they give me an answer. <laughs> now, is that the right thing? Well, I don't know, but I can tell you right now that I will pester them until they give me an answer. Now, sometimes they'll get, you know, and then I'll turn that person into a uh, negative Nancy because they're like, Oh, just leave me alone. You know, but that's, I mean, to me, that's my solution. Um, I want an answer. Uh, if I'm, if I'm sending you a message, please reply back. But you know, some people they just don't think well. That didn't require an answer back. Well, how do you know? Did you did you clarify? Yeah,
0: no, I'm the same way. I'm I'm more of a, I'm going straight to the source and be like, hey, did I say something to offend you? Because if I did, I really didn't mean it, and I'd like to understand what it was. I'm kind of an in-your-face kind of person like that sometimes, especially if it's somebody whose relationship and um, whose presence in my life I value. Like my circle is small. I have a small true, like away from work circle Now at work, I can be a social butterfly, but my real circle is small. So if you're in it, I value that. And if you go into radio silence, uh, then, then I have to be confrontational. I'm going to tell you, it worked out one time for me because so my daughter is an adult and she went full radio silence on me. And what it was is a text message that I sent her to let her know I wouldn't be calling her that had an error and she's expecting this call and waiting on it. And the message got an error that I didn't notice on my phone. So she never got the message. I thought it was sent and miscommunication led to radio silence. So I, I finally got her to answer and I said, Hey, what is the deal? Why are you not answering my text? And we figured it out. We were like, wow, so silly. Uh, I think it was like two weeks. We didn't speak because of, a communication error. So yeah, that confrontation thing, it, it can work out. I know where it can go wrong too, but, um, and then, so we're talking about text messaging, this, which leads us perfectly into number eight, Brian.
1: Oh, before we go to number eight though, I, I loved your answer on that with, uh, you and your daughter. And to me that exact, I'm going to read the last sentence about that in just a second, but that to me shows your investment in your relationship with your little girl. And I call her your little girl because, you know, she'll always be a little girl. That's how we look at it. But here's the sentence. Take it a sign of their investment in the relationship if they leave you out there for lengthy sessions. It's a sign. So let's go right into number eight. What do you got for me? All right. So this is they'll use non-toxic
0: words with a toxic tone. So we're talking about text messaging in my situation with my daughter. Not with her, but... We don't get tone of voice. We don't get inflection in a text message. Right. So if they're using non-toxic words in a text message or it's with a toxic tone, they mean them. in the top. you don't get that message like you would in front of uh, in front of them. And, you know, these some of these are some common uh, things we've heard in military. Like how many times has anybody said, uh, what did you do today? Were you just in your office watching television? You know, they may not mean it. What did you do today? So there's different ways. So if I come in your office uh, or we're walking out at the end of a busy day uh, when we work together, I say, hey, what would you do today? Well, I taught this and this and this. OK, that's a good tone. Right. But if I say, what did you do today? Now I put a negative spin off of my tone and I'm really saying, what would you do today? Just sit there in your office looking at your coins. So <laughs> that tone, right, that tone is so important. in, in today's society it's lost. You don't get tone in a Facebook message. You don't get tone in a text. What do you think?
1: Uh, you know, I love that. Um, I uh I was just thinking about this, uh, an exact phrase, and I'm going to give it in two different manners in my tone. Here's here's the first one. And this is the positive side is wow, I bet you really earned your paycheck today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That sounds it sounds, you know, that sounds like hey, you know, like somebody actually did something. And then there's the other side. Wow, I bet you really earned your paycheck. Different different tone.
0: <laughs> I, I left my desk. <laughs>
1: exactly, right? So different tone, different attitude. How we convey our our uh, message is crucial. And th- once again, I'm going to keep saying this. It's upon the communication of the influencer and the influencee. Influency. I don't even think that's a real word. I just made it up. Um, I'll have to look it up. But what I'm getting at is, is you know, the tone in how we go about things, I, I I will tell you, Ed, I am an habitual offender of this particular one. I am. I've used a tone the wrong way. Like, for instance, uh, say an individual came to me and said they did X, Y, and Z. And I would say, oh, I bet you think you're real special, don't you? Wow, (laughs) that I mean, and I don't, you know, it's the sarcasm in our brain sometimes that likes to just uh, leap out on through our tongue and we don't realize that. Oh, man, I can't believe I just and it's it's thinking about what we say beforehand. But how do we deal with these people uh, or these 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 toxic influencers when they do use a crazy messed up tone? Well, I mean, you
0: could ask them to clarify it. You could communicate, again, communicate. What were you trying to say? No, I'm just saying because, I mean, sometimes if you're working really hard or you're, you know, um, you could, even in the text message, but if you're working really hard, you're sweating, you're, you're digging a ditch and filling sandbags, your tone might be a little bit different because you're out of breath. But you could ask, I mean, I would ask, so what are you trying to say? You, you don't think I work? And maybe we'll have a discussion about that. Uh, behind closed doors but um yeah no i would probably ask hey uh, what are you trying to say <laughs>
1: hey you know it's funny i want to ask you were you a part of that when uh that last time you and i uh we were a part of that organization last time we were downrange there all the senior leaders were filling sandbags were you a part of that i didn't fill sandbags oh really so it's it was crazy <laughs> i was on night shift it was it was all the it was this you know it was the sergeant major you know the senior enlisted guy with all the first sergeants all the platoon sergeants there was your particular friend. I wouldn't. Call, I'm being. I'm being sarcastic right now. Your particular uh, uh, toxic friend. He was out there too. And I'm telling you, like the <clears throat> the conversations that were being had were very good. It was fun. And I particularly remember that individual not saying one single word out there. And all I kept thinking to myself is like. Wow, you don't have one good thing to say while we're here out here having a good time. It was actually on my birthday i turned i want to say i turned thirty five that day it was it was funny, but yeah okay <laughs> oh, so many years ago right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but yeah, I do remember it, but I was on
0: night shift, so I didn't have to partake
1: yeah and and I you know that's that's the thing it was just. But it was one of those times where it's like there was um, there was a lot of fun sarcasm that went in there. It really was um, because at the time um, the the uh, sergeant major, he said, wow, you're really getting old. You know, just it was just picking fun, you know, and because, you know, in our work, our lifestyle, when you get over 30, you're the old man. That's so. true. <laughs> it's crazy too, because like I'll talk with people, you know, um, in other circles of you know the civilian lifestyle, and they're like, "Wow, you're just getting started in life. You know, you're not even close to being old." And I'm like, "Not in the army. I'm I'm an I'm an ancient dude at thirty at the ripe age of thirty nine. They <laughs> they look at me and they think grandpa. <laughs> that must mean you're great grandpa, huh? Yeah, not yet. I've see how you use that in a non toxic. <laughs> see how I use that in a non toxic tone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> non toxic.
0: I felt toxic. I can feel the venom.
1: <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. They'll bring? or They'll bring? <laughs> you go oh. ahead. <laughs> wow. It's like we're, we're, we're on the same level, huh? We must be reading the same article. We're excited about number nine. <laughs> yeah. They'll bring irrelevant detail into a conversation wow, does that speak volumes?
0: Yeah, but if you if you read a little further, I'm thinking, wait a minute, this is the majority of the marriages. It says, when you're trying to resolve something important to you, toxic people, people will bring in irrelevant details from five arguments ago. <laughs> so it made me think about, and I'm not saying just the women, because the men do it too, right? Well, you remember uh, when we had that other argument? So that immediately clicked in me that this is like a marriage thing. This one here, I don't know. I'm going to tell my wife she's a toxic influencer tonight. No, I'm not going to tell her that. I love my wife. <laughs> and I don't want to sleep in the spare room. Uh Yeah,
1: my friend, you were fixing to get in trouble.
0: <laughs> but So bringing stuff up that's irrelevant to the conversation, stuff from the past, because you're trying to fight, right? So I'm trying to fight you off, but hey, and, and it doesn't have to be an argument. Hey, you remember when you hid so that you didn't have to fill those sandbags. Like
1: that's irrelevant at this point in the conversation. Yeah. Let me, let me give you an example, um, that I relate this to that I think really correlates to the same thing. Let's say, all right. Oh, this should be good. Oh, <laughs> wise words of Weber. Oh. Um, no. <clears throat> so let's say, uh, somebody gets in trouble at the organization and what we do, we counsel people, right. And then we have a corrective action, but then, Something else happened totally different uh from the first action, but then we counsel them again and then we tell them, well, we're giving you uh this punishment for last time and this time. whoa, 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 we're not supposed to do that. They've already been punished or they've already been uh they've already been trained on how to fix themselves in the last one. You don't include the same you know the you don't bunch these problems together to create this massive problem. When they maybe, they were probably two different things. You know, one time is maybe they forgot to read something uh, and, and, uh, let's say, they forgot to read something and distribute it out to somebody. The other thing is they were late to formation. Those are two, I'm, I don't care what anybody says, those are two different problems with two different solutions. You do not correlate the both. And that's where I get that from is bringing that irrelevant details in. You're painting a picture of somebody being worse than what they are. And that is truly toxic influence
0: absolutely so would you say that you're you're arguing about something old rather than dealing with what the issue is
1: currently yeah you don't have any ammo for your fight that you're trying to create and that right there alone just says that one 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 of a few things one you're not observant of what's going on two that you are a negative Nancy as I like to call it and three you hold a grudge. And that's what that means really is you're a grudge holder and grudge holders will hold things over your head forever. And that's to me, you know, I, I made mistakes. I've made some pretty big mistakes in my time, uh, on this earth, you know, and I do not like to have something bringing up one of those mistakes that I've already learned my lesson from and I've tried to improve upon. Um, how do you feel?
0: Yeah. So the reason I I said what I said is because so to deal with this person, what do we have to do? We have to keep the focus on what we're doing right now. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the past. We're not rehashing. We're not digging that up. We're talking about right now. And that's how you deal with a toxic influencer who likes to bring up irrelevant or uh, bring up the past
1: like that. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to number 10. Um, maybe we're reading this off and then we'll, we'll discuss it. All right. So number 10, they'll make it about the way you're talking rather than what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So they lose
0: focus. They're, 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 they're focusing on the tone, how you're saying something, right? You are gonna you're not going to talk to me like that. And, and I've seen this a lot in our junior subordinates, um, uh, they try to, you know, they try to make it about something totally different um, about how you're getting the mess, giving them the message rather than what the message is because they don't want to get in trouble. So they're trying to deflect it using this technique right here. See it a lot in the juniors. And I've seen it in some of the uh, more senior, even some of the leaders in the military. I've seen this before.
1: Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, I, I would tell you, uh, Many moons ago when I was uh, a young, young Sergeant, uh, I would make the mistake of chewing into somebody, but slinging out curse words left and right. And I don't know how many times that I would do that. And somebody's their, their automatic reaction, not, is nothing to do with the situation. Their automatic reaction to me was, you're not going to cuss at me. And you know, I'm, I'm glad I've transitioned from that because to me, um, uh, I I felt like that was in, it was, it was not productive to, to, you know, just slinging out curse words at people. And instead i I've, I've found myself using different uh, vocabulary to be able to identify exactly what's going on. Um, but that's, I mean, that, that was too, I, to me, that was two way toxic me by my verbal altercation or my verbal, but also on their part that they were so focused on the curse word that they couldn't see through it at the time to understand the actual situation now. And that's, I'm telling you, that's been something I can say I've been wanting to work on. And I've, i I think I've really started to master a little bit more. It, if somebody is just throwing out these rants at me and they're, they're, you know, they're just going off the handle with words that I just do not want to hear. I don't, I don't focus on the words. I'm focused on the message. And then I'm processing that message to ensure that I understand where they were going at with it. Because some people, it's just, that's just, it's their language and I'm not going to change who they are, but I'm, you know, that toxic side of focusing only on certain words and blocking out the message completely, that can create a miscommunication, uh, a lack of communication in turn creates toxic influence.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And it, it made me think of a story. And and she knows she's probably, she is a, uh, a member of our tribe. And she's probably going to listen to this. But I had a soldier, and we'll call her K White. And she's a little older than the other soldiers. And so I yelled at her with a group of soldiers the way I would yell at a 20-year-old. And she came in my office, and she said, can I speak to you, sir? And she came in, and she's, this is exactly what she said. I know I was wrong. I admit I was doing wrong, but sorry, I'm a little older than the rest of them. So I just didn't like the way you spoke to me to tell me that I was wrong. So she acknowledged that she was wrong. So she got the message and she just fixed it. And then, you know, I thought about it and I was like, yeah, no, I was wrong and how I delivered it because she is a little bit different than talking to a 20 year old. You know, this is a 30 plus year old woman. I always mess with her, call her old lady. I'm a little, a lot older than her, but, uh, so I, I actually appreciated that. And then on that profanity thing, you can change it because I had a warrant officer named poke who uh, would definitely slap me on my back every time I use profanity. And I got a lot better
1: under her guidance with that. And I'm actually pretty thankful for that. Oh yeah. And, and it's funny because really what you just gave us was the solution to that issue. The solution was, is she did, de- she decided to approach you in private and talk about it so to let you know, hey, listen, I noticed what you were saying. I understand, but I'm asking you not to use it in that way. And what you did in turn was she literally took that little toxic behavior that you described that you had and you shifted it just a little bit to be able to provide the right message to influence her better. And I mean, that's right there. When you get down to it, that is the key to success as an influencer and it diminishing or, or eliminating that toxic influence.
0: And, and the crazy thing is I think I knew Kay white. So I was a customer of that, that um, warehouse this is a warehouse. I was a customer. So I knew her kind of in passing, but I really didn't even know her at this point. Like you're talking about my first 30 days of being her uh, not immediate supervisor, but her immediate supervisor supervisor. So you're talking 30 days or less. And she was comfortable enough to approach me with that. And I always mess with her. We I tell that story every time I'm around her. I saw her right before I left uh, Kentucky. And I know she's listening. And I, I still today think about that message every time uh, I'm going to speak to a group.
1: That's great. That's amazing. All right. So let's move on to number 11. What is number 11, big man? Oh, they exaggerate. This is another good one. Woo, you know, exaggeration.
0: So I don't hold the door for my wife when she gets in the car. But let's just say that I, I, you know, she expected that because she does not And she'd probably be like, what are you doing? And, then, you know, once in a while, I will. I will every once in a while open the door for her. So if she were to say, you never hold the door for me. Well, that's not true. I have. Now, if we're going into a building or something like that, then, yeah, she goes in before me. Absolutely. So. That never and that always, and there's some other different verbiage that you could use. It's just not it's not true because it can't always, 100% of the time is always. You always do this or you always do that. And the toxic influencer, that that's the verbiage they would use. Um,
1: and it's a form of manipulation that is difficult to defend. I know what's funny is I've seen people use that as their defense mechanism. Uh, well, you're always on my case or you're always saying I say that whoa, hold on now. Do I always, or is it just when I notice these times, you know, so it's, you're exactly right. And it's being able to understand that, uh, you're not going to win in that type of situation. Uh, so you don't really need to try to win, uh, that conversation instead, take it in and then ensure that you're not always doing it. And I'm saying that with air quotes, always, Uh but you're not always doing it. Yeah, you're not. And when they
0: use that, you know, They may say, well, you just did it when we went to, uh, you know, if my wife, for instance, says, well, you 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 never hold the door for me. Well, when? Well, you didn't hold the door at Texas Roadhouse tonight. Okay, when else? And you get the, you know, you get crickets because it was the recent thing. So it became a never. But that's not the truth. Now, you know, um, so, yeah, you you just have to it's hard to win, but you don't want to get into an argument. Don't add to it and be like, yes, I do. No, you don't. You know, that type
1: of situation because it goes nowhere. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And just, you know, finding yourself in that situation and making sure that you're able to uh, identify the fact that it's not a shortcoming of you. It's their perception. And sometimes people's perception are a fog. And, and that's just how I understand it, but don't buy into it to where it creates the argument because that's what it generates. And normally that's what they're doing. They're falling back on one of the other, the, uh, the other areas that we talked about above and, and an argument will happen. So just be aware of that. Uh, let's move on to our very last one. Uh, this one. All right. Where, yep. Number 12. Number 12. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just have, do you got a drum? Yes. No, I have a desk. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm like wow dude now, now, next thing you know we're on like jimmy fallon's level. you got a you got a band what do you what's your band in the background drum roll please my wife does play acoustic
0: guitar so does she really yeah don't threaten me if a good time we will
1: have a band oh wow all right <laughs> so let's move on to number 12 since we've already kind of turned down a rabbit hole there yeah <laughs> they are judgmental
0: what's that mean brian what are you talking about what are we talking about here
1: um, they're, they're always, it's like, they're always judging. Uh, they, they get it wrong sometimes, but toxic people will make sure you know it. So, um, if, if, if like, for instance, uh, let's say I owe you something like I owe you, um, some research that I'm doing, but I don't get it to you. Like right at the time I said, you're being very, you know, and you decide to come back to me with a um, with a comment of, well, you just it's you, obviously you can't get things done on time, you know. You already made a, a pre-assessment on me and a judgment, and you're just you're just being that negative Nancy again, and you're judging my ability to get something done. But you never really took the time to ask, hey, did, was there something going on, or is there something I can help you with, or you know? So those are the type of individuals. they they're always uh, placing judgment upon you. Um, and I always I always love the uh, I love the saying of uh, I'll be judged one day, not by you, though. So I got a question for you. I'm going to
0: ask you a question about this one. All right. You ready? So you do something and I observe it. And then I come to your office after the fact and say, hey, man, I don't know if you even realize you were doing it, but you did this, this and this. And we discuss it.
1: Is that a toxic influence? No. That's lifelong learning, buddy. That to me, that's to, to me, when that happens, it depends upon the tone though. Let's, let's go ahead. We have to back that up because we talk about the tone in the conversation. To me, that's not being judgmental. That's not being toxic. As long as you're doing it in a manner where you're trying to help me become better. And Hey, you know, did you notice you were doing this, this, and this, instead of coming back to me and say, you were really messing it up. You were doing X, Y, and Z. Well, those two different versions are going to put me either on the offensive or the defensive on your side or completely on my side. And that's, that, that there's a difference.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was curious and, you know, and it, it sticks in my mind. I think about, uh, you used to have a stand behind the formation, right? Uh, when I worked with you, yeah, you knew you are going to hear this one. It <laughs> was one cycle. So, I know I was waiting for so, you to so, say it, but listen now. So if I come to you and I say, Hey, uh, I'm trying to understand why do you want us to stand behind a formation? And then we, we discuss it. Or if I come to you and say, hey, this is really stupid. Like we look ridiculous. Why are we standing back there? Then two different tones, right? So one of them. Absolutely. Is you're getting my yep. vision.
1: Okay. Yep. Go on. No, you're getting when you come to me. And you say it in that manner of, you know, hey, I'm just trying to figure out why we do this. You're trying to receive through communication, positive communication, my vision as the person in charge or running this show versus when you come to me and you say, that's just stupid. Well, what you now are turning it into is a combative situation, which is toxic in nature. And now we're going to start arguing about it or we're going to turn it into a, a negative type situation, period.
0: Okay. I, I think that the, that example, I think we really hammered down that Judgmental is two different ways. So I'm not really judging you, but I want to understand versus I'm being judgmental and being um, toxic. Okay. That's an excellent point.
1: I think it's funny that you brought that up because now <laughs> I want to ask you, because this is, that is a situation that happened with yes. us. How long did it last? It only lasted for one cycle.
0: And I actually, in the beginning, was like, this is stupid. And then I did ask you, why, why are we standing there? And you explained to me a professionalism thing. And then I started looking around at the other platoons. And I realized that it does look unprofessional, that you were right. But I thought that we could just maybe go off somewhere. Or you know maybe there was another answer. But yeah, no, you were right. There was an unprofessional look to it. And I, you made it look more professional. It just was that only one platoon in six or seven, six were doing it. So it looked professional, but now it looks strange because only one platoon is doing it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we, we only did it for two weeks during that cycle because I was just trying to set a tone. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the situation itself. And that was really what, I mean, my point about it, it was, it had nothing to do with standing behind it. It had, all it had to do was, I wanted to see the group of people that, cause I really, I'll say it, I'll say it time and time again. I think that that particular cycle, the, um, the team that we had was probably my best team ever. Right. Aww. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I am not saying it because you are I'm just saying, because the way we were able to achieve things and to, to drive on and, I made it a point and I, a lot of times, and that's the problem that I may have sometimes of, and and I hope listeners can learn from this, but sometimes I don't explain why I'm doing something. I just want to do it and create an action and then questioning come in. And then, you know, obviously then we we cap over because this is the way I see it. Sometimes people will just go with a flow and I like to see how far you can go with the flow before you finally break and say, hey, what are we doing? You know, and- And I guess that's a flaw. It's just, I want to kind of see the limits on people and also where their mindset is. Okay. Yeah, no, that's excellent explanation. Yeah. All right. So we covered those 12 areas, but I do not want to um, leave you all with, you know, just the toxic influence and whatnot, because obviously we are two very positive individuals who love what we do. I do want you to take the time maybe to read this article I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. But please also go check out the other one that I'm going to link in there from uh, the Colonel Denise Williams. Uh, that, and that's what's on the... the it's, it's, you can find it on Google. So when I post it, it's completely okay. It's unclassified. Anybody can read it. It's very, very good. I actually keep it on my iPad. I also keep it on my phone. And I keep it on my computer because you don't know how many times you can use it. But with that, we want you to take the time to realize maybe some toxicities that you have in your life. What we've talked about here, but this is what I want you to go with. We're going to put a question up in our closed Facebook group. So if you're not a part of that, you need to go be a part of it because we want to hear from you on this. But I want you to go through, just like in the very beginning when I was talking about how I gave this article to a bunch of uh, my non-commissioned officers and then we went over and uh, what are the, the key areas they see in themselves that's what I want to do with you. I want you to go over the the, uh, the toxic leadership in the U.S. Army article that we're going to put in the show notes. And I want you to give us some feedback on what you think you fall into with the characteristics and the types. Myself and Ed, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to add in our information. But we want to help you look at the broader scale. And so what happens is, is when you do this, you actually start self-identifying. Self-identification is the first step in this learning process of toxic influence, because once you self-identify, then you're more visual and open to see others and to be able to identify it, much like what we talked about through this entire 12-step article. What do you got, Ed? Uh, So I
0: have one final uh, quote on the impact of toxic leadership, and this is by the Supreme Allied Commander and President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. You do not lead by hitting people over the head. That's assault, not leadership.
1: (laughs) That is, um, I I don't mean to laugh, but that is so true. If you hit them over the head, they're just going to say ow and walk away instead of trying to actually conversate. All right, so we're going to close this out. But one thing, I need you, me, myself, Ed, all the followers, all the listeners, we need ratings and reviews. This is what's going to help get our podcasts out to people. So if you're not aware of how a lot of these different um, uh, platforms are for podcasts, the more ratings and reviews help spread the message because then they put you on like new and noteworthy or new podcasts you may like and things like that. So that's what we're asking for is go in there, rate and review us, give us what you truly feel is is you know worthy of this show we need those rates and reviews we also would love to see you uh make comments on our facebook page on our instagram twitter uh look us up on linkedin like i said before connect with us because we're going to pump out as much content as possible uh to help you become a better influencer with that ed you have any last words uh No, I think that
0: we're good. I I will say that if you go in there and put some show, if you have some show ideas, uh, feel free to, you know, to get them to us. We can look them over. Um, Also, so some of this, we're going to be, we're trying to get more interviews lined up and we're trying to experiment with that. And hopefully that we'll get some people in here who can help you become better instinctive influencers. That's
1: amazing. So with that, we're going to end the show. I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day.